Hi comrades, and welcome back to Marxist Voice, the podcast of the IMT in Britain. In the run-up to the anniversary of the Russian Revolution, but also in the run-up to this year's Revolution Festival, the School of Communism, we will be publishing for the first time as a podcast this six-part series by Alan Woods on the Russian Revolution. From February 1917 to the seizure of power by the Bolsheviks and the working class, Alan will take us through some of the most important lessons that communists must learn today in order to take the struggle forward. But if you want to hear more, then come along to this year's Revolution Festival, where we will hear topics such as the Soviet economy, how it worked and how it didn't, was Mao really communist, and how communists approach questions like the Ukraine war. To get your tickets, head to revolutionfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets and join us at this year's Revolution Festival, the School of Communism. Most people do not realize that revolution is not a single event. Revolutions are not a single event. They are a process and a contradictory process. In a revolution, you get different stages. You see that in every great revolution in history, you see it in the French Revolution, and of course you see it in the Russian Revolution. The Russian Revolution was a process that lasted nine months, from February when the Tsar was overthrown until October or November the 7th, to give it its uh, modern date, when the Bolshevik party finally took power. Uh, and of course, in that period, in that nine-month period, nine there were all kinds of developments. Periods of stormy advance, of absurd, such as in the February uh, Revolution. But that was followed, yes, in July, by a period of reaction. Oh yes, within the revolutionary process, you can have periods of advance, but other moments of tiredness, of exhaustion, of uh, disappointment, of setbacks, of defeats, even of reaction, but in a revolutionary situation, even a period of reaction is merely the prelude to a further and more energetic upswing of the movement itself. Nine months it took in Russia, as I've said, that that was partic for particular reasons. Uh, the war clearly was a factor in accelerating these uh, processes. But above all, it was the subjective factor. It was the presence of the Bolshevik party, and particularly under Lenin and Trotsky, with correct uh, policies, tactics, slogans and so on, that accelerated the events and led to a, a victorious conclusion. Now, if you take uh, other examples, for example, the Spanish Revolution in the 1930s, that didn't take nine months, that took a number of years, about seven years actually, from the declaration of the Republic, the fall of the monarchy, in April 1931, right up until the Barcelona May Days of 1937, May 1937, which was the last chance, really, that the Spanish working class had to take power into its own hands. And within that period also, there was periods of stormy advance, but also periods of defeat, of setbacks, of reaction. In the case of Spain, it lasted for two years, 1934 to 1936 the so-called Bienio Negro, the two black years, which of course ended then in the Popular Front victory and uh, civil war. 
Now, you see this, this process repeated time and again in every revolution. And also in every revolution, you get a period in which the most advanced workers, the vanguard of the working class, feels disappointed, feels frustrated, and feels somehow that power is slipping through its fingers, it's slipping out of its hands, and therefore desperately attempts to recover the power which, uh, which it has lost. Now, this was precisely the situation that existed in uh, July, June, July, 1917. Uh, uh, the June demonstration, the demonstration uh, that took place in the month of June, called by the Soviet leaders, clearly demonstrated one thing, that by the middle of June, the Bolshevik party, following correct tactics, strategy, and slogans, had already won over what? They'd won over the most advanced workers, the most advanced sections, uh, particularly in Petrograd, in red Pet revolutionary Petrograd. By, by June, by the beginning of July, there's absolutely no doubt about it, the Bolsheviks did control the decisive majority of the factories, the workers, the uh, many of the regiments, not all of them, but many of them, <coughs> key regiments, were supporting the Bolsheviks at that time. And above all, of course, the sailors of Kronstadt, a very decisive force, very revolutionary force, was 100% behind the, the Bolsheviks. Now, of course, the, the stories put forward that in July, Lenin and the Bolsheviks attempted a coup. They wanted to, to, to take over the government. Now, this is entirely false. Uh, Lenin and Trotsky were perfectly uh, aware that they were a minority, that although they had the decisive majority in Petrograd among the most advanced workers, soldiers and sailors, that was not replicated to the same degree in the rest of Russia, in the more backward provinces, the Volga, the other regions of Russia. And of course, the front, the regiments at the front. And therefore, if they had attempted to take power, which they had no intention of doing, by the way, but if they had attempted to take power, they could have succeeded, yes. In July, the workers and soldiers had enough, the Bolsheviks had enough uh, forces to overthrow the provisional government, to kick out the Soviet uh, reformist leaders, and to take power. In Petrograd, yes, they could have done this. Yes, but what would have been the result? Uh, Lenin and Trotsky were under, under no uh, illusions on this. The provisional government, and above all the Soviet leaders, more than the provisional government, because the Soviet leaders that were supporting the provisional government, had colossal reserves of support, support in the mass of workers and peasants and soldiers outside of, of Petrograd, and therefore they would have mobilized these forces the more retrograde, the more backward, the more the slow, slower moving, if you like, heavy battalions to crush the revolution in Petrograd. And therefore what would have occurred would have been a tragedy on the lines of the Paris Commune, a heroic but uh, glorious but defeated uh, uh, episode which would have been crushed, preparing the way for reaction in Russia, which occurred in any event. Now, what, uh, what, what occurred was not that the Bolsheviks were planning a coup, 
and deliberately organised the whole thing. That's not the case. But on the contrary, there was a, this colossal pressure coming from below, particularly after the success, the extraordinary success of the uh, June demonstration. It obviously filled uh, the, the advanced workers, the, 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 the soldiers, the sailors in particular, probably did have the idea of that now was the time to go for it. Let's go for it. Let's take power. What are we waiting for? There's even some evidence of some suspicion among some of the uh, workers and soldiers and sailors uh, that the Bolsheviks perhaps were not uh, doing what they ought to do. Why weren't they taking power? Well, what are we waiting for kind of thing? I, are these people, is Lenin and Trotsky not uh, deceiving us in the same way that the Mensheviks and the SRs? have de de deceived us. Th th this mood was definitely growing. And therefore, the Bolshevik party had to react. Lenin and Trotsky had to do something about this. What were they supposed to do? On the one hand, they, they had to restrain the workers. They had to hold them back from, from uh, adventures and from trying to uh, overthrow the government at that stage, because the, the balance of forces was not there for that. On the other hand, could they stand aside and ignore this mood that was developed? Well, they couldn't do that either. Already they were, the, they were very small, it's true, but small outbreaks <clears throat> of anarchists and ultra-left elements, adventurous elements, which you always find in a revolution, <laughs> of elements like this that were uh, uh, behaving in an adventurist uh, uh, fashion. And that would have been a disaster to, to allow the movement to fall into the hands of adventurist elements and anarchists and so on. That would have been a recipe for a total de defeat, a crushing defeat of the year. It would have been put down in, in blood. And therefore, Lenin and Trotsky decided to put themselves at the head of this uh, movement, put themselves at the, the The workers were calling for, and the, the soldiers and sailors were, were demanding an armed uh, demonstration. And Lenin and Trotsky decided to put themselves at the head of the demonstration in order to, to control it and make sure that it didn't go too far, that no excesses were, were, were committed, which is what the counter-revolutionaries, of course, were counting on. And therefore, on the, uh, during uh, July, you had this uh, movement, a spontaneous movement, not organized by the Bolsheviks, not true. But the Bolsheviks put themselves at the head of the movement in order to prevent it from being crushed as the Sparta sisters, as a matter of fact, were crushed under similar circumstances in Berlin in, in, in 1919. Now, of course, this, this movement caused panic among the, uh, the bourgeois, of course, and we were terrified, absolutely terrified, at this specter of, of a mass of armed workers appearing from the factory districts of uh, regiments of soldiers, Ma many regiments support supported, the, not all of them, but many important uh, uh, regiments, not just the machine, the machine gun reg regiment, but other regiments supported this movement. But the, the streets of the capital were filled in a matter of hours, a couple of hours. It was filled with the gray uniform of, of soldiers milling around with guns, with machine guns and so on and so forth, without officers of workers from the factories and so on and so forth. The, uh, the rebels surrounded the workers and soldiers, surrounded the Tory, Tory palace where the Soviet was, uh, was, was meeting, angrily demanding that the Soviet leaders uh, take power. 
the Soviet leaders, of course, were in a state of complete panic. <clears throat> These reformists who had uh, consistently betrayed the revolution, betrayed the masses, and supported the bourgeois and the provisional government, supported the offensive, for example. At the, that was one of the factors of the anger of the soldiers, because by this time, there was a series of, of, uh, of, of soldiers deserting from the front, coming back to Petrograd with uh, reports of the losses and the terrible suffering of the troops at the front, of the viciousness of the uh, army regime, of the, the attempts to restore the old vicious uh, czarist uh, discipline which had broken down after the February revol Revolution. There was even a rumor put around, although it was denied, that Kerensky wanted to, to reintroduce the death penalty at the front. That really infuriated the soldiers, as, as you could imagine. The reformists were, were, were terrified at this, and they were right to be terrified because, of course, they were the uh, on the receiving end of the anger of these uh, these soldiers and uh, and workers. At one stage, the minister of agriculture, Chernov, the SR, a prominent, uh, the main main leader of the SR, an old uh, an old revolutionary, been in prison for many years and so on, came out to address the the soldiers to try to pacify them, try to calm them down. And he was actually seized and arrested by the uh, mutinous soldiers. Uh, and uh, we don't know what would have happened to him. It's possible he might have ended, it might have ended very, very badly for him. So furious were they. Uh, Trotsky says that as a matter of fact, the, the soldiers that had actually arrested him possibly were influenced by the Black Handlers by reactionary elements who, of course, were taking advantage of the demonstration to turn it against the Soviets, turn it against the Soviet leaders for reactionary purposes. And Chernov's life was saved, probably, uh, by Trotsky. Trotsky saved his bacon, risking his own life, by the way. Trotsky at one stage, I think it was in his history of the Russian Revolution, describes the mood that he, he, when he tried to rescue Chernov and uh, pu push his way through the, <clears throat> the ranks of these angry soldiers, and gets into his car and get, tries to get uh, Chernoff uh, off to safety. And Trotsky says at one point, he said, I had the, and Trotsky was a popular man, a very popular uh, revolutionary leader. He said, I, had, I could sense the, uh, the bristling hostility, the anger of, of the soldiers on all sides. And at one stage, he wasn't quite sure what was going to happen, even to him, never mind about uh, Chernoff. Such was the mood of anger. At one stage, one of the one of the soldiers or sailors brandished his fist at Chernoff and said, "Take the power, you bastard!" Or, or words to that effect. Anyway, Chernoff got off lightly. Trotsky saved his life as much, saved him, saved his bacon. Of course, at, at that stage, as could be expected, because this this movement really had no perspective, it had no program, it had no, certainly didn't have the program of taking power, which is what they, they tried to accuse the Bolsheviks of, of doing quite, quite falsely. There were provocations, there were people killed. Machine gun fire was opened up from, from high up uh, in buildings. Obviously, the, Tsar, the remnants of the Tsarist secret police, the Okhrana, and other reactionary elements, open fire. There were people killed. Streets were, there were corpses in the streets of people being, uh, that were killed, mainly uh, soldiers and, and workers. And of course, eventually, inevitably, uh, the uh, loyal regiments appeared from outside of, uh, called up by, by phone, 
the, 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 the reactionary element, not, not reactionary, the loyal, confused soldiers who still were, 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 were loyal to the Soviet leaders turned up and of course the whole thing collapsed. The whole thing collapsed quite uh, as quickly as it had uh, arisen. And these uh, rotten, uh, petty bourgeois labor leaders, so-called labor leaders, who were terrified out of their wits, trembling in their shoes in, in, in the face of the workers and, and soldiers and sailors from Kronstadt. Uh, now, of course, they became uh, full of themselves. They recovered their uh, scattered wits once they had the bayonets behind them of the uh, forces of reaction, as they thought. And, of course, then they unleashed naturally an orgy of reaction directed against the Bolshevik party. Uh, Bolsheviks were arrested uh, left, right and centre, particularly the leaders were arrested. Workers were beaten up and even killed in the streets. The uh, petty bourgeois that had been terrified out of their wits, all these uh, wealthy, uh, well-to-do uh, citizens of, 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 of Petrograd came out onto the streets under the Nefsi prospect showing off their fur coats and their posh cars and their... their uh, rich ornaments and all the rest of it, you know, they're showing off their, their hatred, their absolute uh, fanatical, furious hatred of the working class. And they took their revenge, oh yes. Particularly against the Bolshevik party, the uh, reactionary troops, black hundred troops were sent to the uh, premises of Pravda and the, they smashed it up, they destroyed the printing presses and so on. Pravda was the Bolshevik party newspaper, that was smashed. Uh, other Bolshevik party headquarters were, were raided and smashed up. Bolsheviks were beaten, arrested and so on. Of course, they were looking for Lenin. They didn't find him. He'd gone underground. Although some of these scoundrel historians tried to argue that Lenin behaved in a cowardly fashion. He did not. As a matter of fact, when the Central Committee met, of course, in secret, in uh, clandestine conditions, to discuss what was to be done, Lenin offered he was in favor of handing himself over to the police, to the authorities, of standing trial and then, of course, of course turning the trial into a, an indictment of the provisional government and so on. This was not a very sensible idea. As the majority of the Central Committee pointed out in no uncertain terms, you, you're not going to do this. If you, do, you hand yourself over, you're not going to stand trial and make speeches from the dock because you'll be killed trying to escape. That's what happened to Rosa Luxemburg and Liebknecht, unfortunately, in 1919. And Lenin was, was ordered, actually, against his will. He was ordered by the Central Committee to go underground and go to Finland together with Zinoviev where he was underground for a few months, right up until the October Revolution, as a matter of fact. And therefore, the whole situation was in a, in a state of turmoil. And the whole pendulum, which had swung far to the left, now began to swing rapidly to the right. And the reign of reaction, of course, uh, was, 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 had begun. You see, the interesting point about this, if I may once more quote from uh, Nikolai Sukhanov, the uh, left Menshevik member of the exec Soviet Executive Committee, he explains the, the real situation in, in, in quite uh, clear language. Let me just quote, if I may, just one paragraph from his memoirs, where he says the following. <clears throat> 
all power had long been in its hands, let's say, in the hands of the Soviet. The dictatorship of the Soviet democracy could have been uh, established formally by the simple proclamation of a government of the Soviet bloc. This is Sukhanov. The overturn could have been consummated with complete ease without shedding a drop of blood. And the dictatorship of the democracy would have been created as a fact simply by the realization of the elective power and the, the, the accomplishment of the program of peace, bread and land. Here the road seemed smooth, but only if the Soviet came out for the overturn. That's uh, Sukhanov, the Menshevik, uh, speaking. Now, that entirely bears out Lenin's position. As a matter of fact, the argument that Lenin was a bloodthirsty monster was in favor of, of blood and guts and uh, against democracy is entirely false. Lenin argued a thousand times in the Soviet to the Soviet leaders, to the Soviet uh, reformists. Look, take the power. You take the power. You can do this. You're a majority. We are a minority. You take the power, and Lenin said on many occasions, you do this, and we will guarantee, we Bolsheviks will guarantee, that the struggle for power will be reduced to a, to a peaceful debate inside the Soviets. And that was possible. Sukhanov says it was possible. It was perfectly possible. And if there was bloodshed, and if there was uh, civil war and so on, that is entirely the responsibility of the Soviet leaders, of the reformists, no one else. Not Lenin, not the Bolsheviks, who advocated, as Sir Sukhanov in effect was advocating, a peaceful solution if they decided to take power. The lesson is this, that those reformist leaders who argue that they're in, uh, they throw up their hands in horror about the Bolsheviks, oh no, we're in favor of a peaceful solution, we're against uh, revolution, we're against bloodshed and so on. So these people precisely guarantee bloodshed. Oh, yes, they guarantee it. As the treachery and the cowardice of the Soviet uh, leaders of the reformists, in effect, ensured the victory and the movement towards the reaction in the following months, as we will see in future uh, lectures, they, gu they guaranteed. They guaranteed the victory of reaction, and they guaranteed, ultimately, that the revolution could only be solved uh, by violent means. That was the responsibility of these people who call themselves pacifists and reformists and democrats and all the other nonsense. Whereas in reality, it was Lenin and the Bolsheviks alone that put forward the real program of a peaceful transformation of, uh, in Russia. And the same program, incidentally, I might add, would be applicable today for any country in the world provided that the policy of Marxism, uh, the revolutionary road, is, is followed. That's the only way, as a matter of fact, to guarantee a peaceful, non-violent transformation of society.